I'm Julie, compulsive overeater, 100 pounder. Very nice to be here at my home, my home meeting. Um, so kind of a lot of you may have heard my story before, but one of the cool things about this program and living life is that new stuff comes up. So um, I started out as a child. And uh, that's not my line. I didn't make. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't make that one up. But um, but also in this program, I started out as a child because so much of program to me is is growing up, um, taking responsibility. Um, like I know that in in kind of eating is throwing a temper tantrum. So the the idea of, of of growing up is 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 very much for me about about program. Um, I uh, either was or always felt overweight as as a child. Um, I was considered that way by those around me, particularly parents and uh, uh, my grandfather, and. Um, I feel like I kind of became a self-fulfilling prophecy. My my um, childhood was very um, chaotic. A lot of stuff went down. I uh, moved a lot. Different parents, different different households, step parents. You know, evil stepmothers, evil stepsisters, and all that. Um, didn't really feel safe. Didn't feel secure. Uh, my parents were, they really, they lacked a parental chip. They weren't, uh, you know, they weren't so protective. Um, and so the only constants in my life was, were food and, and my brother, uh, my older brother. And, um, it was funny, it, it it wasn't until, I mean, I was in therapy very young, shock, and, uh, but I never, I never could talk about food and weight with my therapist, with, which surprised the heck out of my dad. Um, I couldn't do it until at, at one point where I lost, when I had lost a lot of weight, way back. And she said, well, you know, the food was all you had. That was the thing that, you know, kept you going, and I couldn't hear it. There was no way I could hear that. There was anything positive about how I was and how I ate. Um, I, uh, you know, I was a great dieter because I'm a good soldier. I follow direction. I love direction. But, you know, when I went AWOL, I went AWOL. And, um, you know, we, we, many of us have our own diet log. So when um, when I was 25, a long time ago, um, I did the Nutrisystem. Again, like followed it so clean for a year. Um, got really creative. Even brought those like nasty packages of food to restaurants and stuff. Um, for Christmas, my family always had a quiche. And I even figured out how to make from, like, the weird Melba toast and the jam, a crust, and the, you know, it was, like, really creative. I was also reading 
cookbooks and, and, and uh, cooking magazines while I'm like eating this weird food. Um, and I got down to a place I'd never been before around, um, around where I am now. And wow, I like freak out. Or there's this scene in that Eddie Murphy's The Nutty Professor when he, when he gets thin and he's just like, whoa, here's life. Um, but I, uh, I was pissed off. And because I didn't get all those things that were promised to me. Um, I didn't get the guy, I didn't get the job, I didn't, you know, what happened, world? I did my part. And it, it kind of broke my heart that I was working so hard just to get to ground zero. Just to be like everyone else. Um, so I was pissed. And I gained the weight back so quickly that people in my office building thought I was pregnant. Yeah, that was great. Um, so I kept going, kept along, kept along. And I, I did start going to meetings, not working the program, but going to meetings um, when I lived in New York. And I was going like every night because I was just in just blinding pain. Um, but I don't remember people really talking about abstinence, really talking about steps or sponsors or any of that. Um, and, uh, but what I did get out of that was seeing that anorexics and bulimics were part of this, which really shocked me and angered me because at least they had the glamorous disease. At least they were thin, right? Um, and, you know, the world looks at fat people in a very, very different way. Um, so when I, I moved to L.A. and was, you know, still eating, I wandered into Serenity Sunday one day and then wandered right out. And so it, 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 it took, but not before taking a newcomer chip because the secretary was this cute guy and I thought, ooh, I can get a hug. Uh, so... Um, I came back in around 17 years ago, and I read 16 years after coming up on, um, uh, almost 18 years ago, coming up on uh, uh, January 1st, because I am such a dieter, uh, will, will be 17 years of abstinence. I, I haven't looked back to see if that was a Monday, but if it was, that would just be perfect. Um, and I came back after losing 100 pounds through um, bariatric surgery, which was uh, a decision I thought about for a while. I did a lot of research on. I talk about it in the rooms because it's my story. And I do it again in a heartbeat. Um, was something that I really did for myself. Now, it was a year after I'd lost 100 pounds. And, you know, my head was still like, you know, cougar. And um, a dear friend of mine brought me into program. And the, um, the surgery absolutely helped me take the weight off. And program absolutely is what 
helps me keep it off. There's, you know, some people have said, well, if you weren't, you know, if you just came to program, do you think you would have lost it without the surgery? I go, I don't know. It didn't happen. You know, that's not what happened. So I don't know. Um, there were certain things I absolutely knew growing up and absolutely knew coming into program. I knew that uh, fat girls couldn't get love. Um, and so therefore, I was unlovable. And um, uh, I knew that if there, if there were a God, either he hated me, he, you know, I, I, I just couldn't understand, you know, what, what he was doing. How, how could there be a God? He hates me, teases me, taunts me. Um, what, what I didn't know was what crime against humanity I had committed to be treated as I was in the body I had. That was something I just could not, you know, conceive. Coming into program, I knew no one could help me. How could I get a sponsor? How could anyone handle me um, or try to help me? So to newcomers, I say, in this way, don't do what I did. I didn't get a sponsor for a long time. Um, and then I finally, you know, humbled myself to, to find someone. And it took a while. Like, I, you know, because I'm an island. I am self-sufficient. I grew up very independently because there was just no oversight. Um, I've always done things really independently. I've gone, you know, as a teenager, I went to the theater in New York alone. I didn't mind doing stuff alone at all. So real self-sufficient. I don't need you. Um, so I screwed up my courage to ask people, and, and they were full. And um, a woman shared from Serenity Sunday Podium that she was looking for a sponsee, and by the end of the meeting, she was already full. I'm like, okay, seriously, you really want me to do this? Um, and I found someone who at that time had what I wanted, which was availability. And, and that, that, that became enough. You know, at that point. So she brought me through, and she was bulimic, so I was like, I, I don't know. Um, so we, we, we worked through to, like, the 11th step, and then I thought she was too mean, and so I let her go. Um, then asked, you know, asked someone else to be my sponsor. She said, great, call me. And I, don't, I never, ever called her. Um, so then it took a, another while, and then I found, I found my amazing sponsor, who I have uh, to this day, who, who works my ass off, who doesn't take any of my shit. Sorry. She, she, she uh, you know, calls me on it. She sees right through me, and that's what I need. That's what I need. Um, like when I was interviewed a therapist too, you know, at, at some point I was like, I can't get someone who I can charm because I'm smart and I can do that. And that's not going to serve me at all. 
Another thing I absolutely knew for sure is that the promises could come true, but certainly not for me. That, you know, that wasn't going to happen. That's, that's, that's fine for you. That's, that's good for you, but um, that's not going to happen. So I want to kind of take a look at those. Um, and, uh, and, and please, to have been proven wrong. Um, and in reading the promises, again, I felt like that was a taunt, right? Um, one of the things that it, I really got through that was the idea for today. Because it's pretty daunting to go, all this is going to happen all the time? And, you know, because sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um, and so we are... We will be amazed before we are halfway through. Uh, the amazement comes to me in, in the kind of miracles that there are. And they're teeny miracles. They seem teeny. Um, I don't have to ask someone to pull in their chair in a restaurant when I need to go by. The, the first time when I, was losing, when I was losing a lot of weight... And I was in a, a cafe with a friend of mine, and it was, you know, pretty tight. And I'm going to get up, probably to go to the bathroom. And I'm, like, standing there, waiting for this person to move the chair. I'm like, how could you not? And then I realized I didn't really need them to. So it was like, whoa. Um, amazed that I eat three meals a day. And... A snack item, which really is more like right after uh, dinner anyway. Um, and that's it. I mean, that hit me a few years ago. I was like, wow, I do that. Like, I don't have a bowl of something next to me at all times of the day. Like, how did that happen? Um, I, can, I can sit in an airplane chair comfortably. I didn't even know that there were seat extend, uh, seatbelt extenders until people started talking about them in the rooms. I'm like, you know, thanks to the flight attendants for being, you know, nice. I don't, I go to a spa, I don't have to ask for a men's size robe. I mean, these are just, you know, a normal towel goes around me. Those everyday things are, are the miracles. A new freedom and a new happiness. The freedom that I feel from, from the food and in my, you know, just in my spirit and in my heart is um, incredible. That I, I'm not in that bondage of the food. This, I think this is my favorite. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. So, I mean, I've had to in and out of the rooms really deal with a lot of, of my past experiences with my parents uh, realizing that, that if I wanted them in my life I really just had to forgive them for all that and learning that forgiveness is about me, not about them doesn't let them off the hook, lets me off the hook um, and I, you know had um enviable relationships with my parents in, in, incredible incredibly deep um and yet right i'm not shutting the door on it it's still i still think see how things come up it's like wait wait what 
Whose voice is that? Is that my voice judging me? Or is that someone else's voice judging me? Um, and I learned from it because, you know, as we know, without, you know, was this the best way to bring up a child? No. But whatever, it's who I am now from that. We'll comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. I, I recently got like a, like got into this radical acceptance. And, um, oh my God, it gave me such, such serenity. I really understood it. So it's like, I, I'm not taxed by all this stuff. Um, no matter how far down the scale, we have gone, we'll see how our experience can benefit others. Well, that's sponsorship, and if anything I say benefits anyone, wow. That is, pardon, pardon the term, icing on the cake. Um, that feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. Self-pity is a big one for me. Um, when I, I did my last uh, fourth and fifth step, I uh, <laughs> victim came up a lot. In fact, it was like, you know, there are certain, what do we say now, Native Americans who have, you know, a hundred different words for snow, right? Well, I figured out like a hundred different words for victim. Um, and uh, so working through that uh, was good. Uh, we will lose interest in selfish thing and gain interest in our fellows. That's, that's again, um, fellowship and, you know, being with you all in the room and in the room is great uh, and, and such a gift that, that um, many of us can, can do that now. Uh, self-seeking will slip away. It took me a while to figure out what self-seeking was, what the difference between selfish and self-seeking was. And everyone, I, I uh, did a fourth step um, on uh, on a breakup, and I was so. I mean, I really thought this was the one, and and it was really, you know, a really tough one. But I realized in doing the fourth step that I was like trotting him out. See, see, I can do it. I can have a boyfriend. Someone can love me. So I thought. And um, and that's when I saw that the self-seeking was just about making myself look good. Um, and and I know when, when that when that comes up, I don't know if that is that fine. I think I turned off. Okay, five minutes. I know when that comes up. Even in program, recently talking with my sponsor and sponsee about that idea of being recovered as opposed to recovering. And I'm like, I cannot say I'm recovered. Because then I get that, you know, hip slick and cool. And then that is my downfall. This is, this is amazing. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. It's just like... Um, what, what I love about this book is how certain it is. Like, there's, like practically nothing in the language hedges anything, except it always says if we work for them, which is certainly at the end. Um, fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. Th those weren't too big for me. Like, 
I mean, I feared certain people. My mom's uh, ex-con boyfriend certainly feared him a lot. Um, but that's, you know, I'm pretty gregarious. I'm in a profession where, you know, if you're shy or whatever, not so good. I was shyer as a kid. Um, and, I mean, luckily, economic insecurity, um, not, not so much lately, although um, when I was uh, getting my, my condo like 20 years ago, I knew I had no money to put down. I'm like, I'm doing it that way. And so many people were like, well, isn't your dad going to help you? Like, I, I didn't know that was some kind of law uh, that happens. And I said, you know, if, if a house would make me thin, he'd buy me a mansion. Yeah. Um, he never said no when I asked, but I was like, I'm not asking. This is, you know, this is what I'm doing on my own. And he's not offering. He did offer to help me with the surgery. And, um, and I told him, no, this is my thing. I'm taking my body back, you know, because the, you know, he would give me, he would try to strike all kinds of deals with me. I'll pay for this. I'll pay for that. If you lose weight, the, the most extreme one was I'll pay for grad school. Um, do something for me and I'll do something for you. So like how that was for him beats me. Um, we'll intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. See me, I want to go that used to baffle us because they use which so incorrectly in this book all the time. Um, they, they, use the, they use it as British people do. So, um, and, and this is, the intuition has been something that I've, I've kind of questioned sometimes because my intuition, my first thought, is pretty wacky, you know, because like, if I have a cold, uh, I know vitamin C is good for you. And potatoes have vitamin C. <laughs> so I should have a bag of potato chips. Perfectly logical. Perfectly logical. So, so seeing what, you know, what God's voice is for me, um, as opposed to my intuition. And that happened a few weeks ago when there was someone in my life who's bugging the crap out of me. I am like, I am so tired. And just a little voice went, okay, now you're going to pray for that person for two weeks. Dang. And it worked. I mean, I got to a point of just evenness. Um, uh, we, will, uh, we will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. So that I could never, ever believe before. Because God was, was, was a big problem for me. And, and maybe someone will ask me about that. I can get a little, a little more into that. Um, and they are being fulfilled. As sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. That, I think, is, is a key phrase. Um, same thing I, I realized about like spiritual awakening. Because it took me a while. And awakening can come, you know, instantly from the alarm clock. Or... Slowly, you just kind of open your eyes a little bit, look around, maybe go back. So, so it it can happen either way. 
but believing that it can happen and then as it says work for it and it's that's what i love like everything it promises everything that you know it says can happen in a good way it goes if you work for it you know guess what into action how it works um and uh it's work what do i have like 30 seconds yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, oh. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm happy. I'm happy to do the work. And with that, thank you. Ooh, now is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Please remember, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible in the OA podcast. And, um, yeah, if I don't repeat it, then please remind me. Questions? Nancy? Hi, Julie. Thank you for your lead. So you mentioned how the OA program helped you grow up. Mm-hmm. So in what areas of your life or program now mm-hmm. do you feel like you still need to grow up in? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I said that um, OA has helped me grow up, and what areas of my life do I still need to grow up in? Good question. Um, I think in kind of catching myself going into old habits, I, uh, as, as, as a kid, I had a huge fantasy life, um, and sometimes I, I still get into that in certain situations, um, which, which is kind of infantile. And, and you know, if, if I do this, if I'm a good girl, if I follow everything, won't this happen? Um, so I think kind of going sometimes backwards into old old habits um, in my brain <laughs> uh, kind of it kind of then uh, program pu- pushes me ahead you yes yes uh-huh. What is this radical acceptance that I speak of? Um, so it how did it come about? But it but it's been fairly recent, where um, past couple of years has you know been hard for a lot of people. I've had a lot of um, tragedies come up. Both my parents uh, they passed away eight days apart. Um, and that kind of sucked. And uh, recently went through like another kind of heartbreak and all this kind of stuff. And so it's the acceptance is there's nothing I can do about it. Right? It's it it it's truly like the serenity prayer. Like what I've got to let go of the things that I have no power over. And um, and that that stopped me struggling 
Um, it also stopped me struggling with God because I, I really was having a hard time figuring out what God's plan for me was. And um, again, like really arguing and being pissed. Like, is this really your plan for me? Is that really your plan for me? You know, is your plan that my folks would, would, would die like that? That I wouldn't see my dad? That, you know, um, my mom would suffer so much that, you know, this, this uh, you know, this, this guy that I was loving is on the East Coast and, and, you know, just so like all these things. And then I realized that God's only plan for me was to recover. I made it, that sounds very small, but also it's very, it's very big. And so that really helped me not struggle with a lot of things. And that, and that led me to, to that kind of serenity, which I think is funny in the prayer it's God grant me the serenity, right, to let go of stuff I can't control. But it kind of it happened the other way around for me. Thank you. Brian. Thanks so much, Julie. Can you um, talk about uh, how important, like, your sense of humor is to your recovery and if your sense of humor has changed during your Thank you. How well? Thank you. How how has my uh, sense of humor helped my recovery, and has my sense of humor changed? Um, I mean, humor is is it. I come from a very funny family, and I'm like the least funny in my family, except for my little brother. Um, But um, it's you know, I always thought, man, if I can laugh about something then fine, I won't go out of my mind. So I think keeping things light and being able to laugh at the recognition, which is one of the things that I love so much um, about being in the rooms where it's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, me too. And it, 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 you know, hearing other people kind of do what I did or hearing laughter of recognition is, is really community. It means, I'm, you know, I'm not alone in this. We're all kind of in this together. Um, so I think I'm also able to uh, laugh a bit more at, at things that were really, really painful. You know, step back also and go, wow, this, this, was, this was really hard. Um, and it... So I think it kind of lightens it up for me. And um, so I used to take myself very seriously. I was uh, a dour, mopey child. Um, and I do not see myself that, that way anymore. Okay, well. Can you talk about how your kind of how recovery has been on your back road that's getting up? Oh, how has <laughs> recovery been in the fat girl doesn't get love department? Um, mixed. Well, the problem <laughs> the problem was, I mean, 
I would see, you know, fat women out there with with guys. Like, wait, that's not supposed to happen. How, you know, wedding dresses don't come in that in that size. Um, and again, that was one of the things. Like, okay, no, not for me. That can happen for other people, but not for me. Um, and like when the first time I had lost all that weight and things weren't happening, it was like, you know, because the, the, the weight was always the excuse. Then, <laughs> that's not the excuse anymore. I, I immediately went into, oh my God, there's really something wrong with me, you know. Um, but that's also the impetus to, to, and through the steps, look at my patterns, look at my part, you know, what am I doing? How am I blocking it? How am I controlling it? How, you know, how am I getting in my own way? Um, so I think it in that, in that sense, and, you know, I, I grow and learn from, each relationship you know I I'm not one who says you know everything happens for a reason but for me everything happens for a lesson because if I if I can't take a lesson out of it if I can't make some kind of rational thing out of it I will go wacko you know so so it definitely the process and the fourth step is is a great process in getting me closer and more full and going, you know, I might have a relationship, I might not, but if I'm okay with myself, then maybe I'll be okay. Yeah, thanks, Judy. Um, do you ever have suddenly moments? Do I ever have what moments? Suddenly moments. Suddenly? Suddenly just certain Oh. Oh. I. I wait. Are you finished the question? Do you ever have moments where you justify bad food behavior? Ah. Do I ever have? Do I ever have moments where I justify bad food behaviors? Um, and what do I do when I see them coming? Um, one thing that has helped me a whole lot in the past several years is um, planning my food, logging it. Weighing, measuring, uh, committing it, all things I would never do. Um, and, you know, because anytime I ever, like, had to do food diaries and like that, it made me more obsessive. But then again, when I did those, I wasn't in program. Um, and so that's given me a lot of freedom and really helped me from having that. Um, so I, it, it's... What, what also keeps me from it is part of the, the um, deal with my sponsor is, you know, if I change something, I let her know. If I think I'm going to want something that's going to be pretty dangerous that I know isn't, I'm like, I'd have to talk to her, and that scares me enough to not do it. But just the other day, I was uh, uh, going to the movies with, with my best friend, and she texts me. She's like, popcorn? I said, no, thanks. 
And she goes, not good for your diet? It's like, she knows me in and out. Like, still use that. Um, you know, and I just told her, I said, I know that uh, if I have, I, just, I won't be able to just have one handful. And she also said, well, if you're sharing it from me, you'd be lucky to get it. But, um, and what I had done, because I thought about it earlier, and I completely visualized it in my head. I thought, well, she had popcorn. And it, like, I physically went through, okay, you're taking a handful and you have it. And then what's going to happen? You're going to want more. And you're not going to even know what the movies are about. And so I was really able, it was the first time I did that, and that really, really helped um, to, to just physically kind of visualize it. Yes, Alex. Uh, during your share, you, you, you expressed hope that someone would ask you about God. Ah, God. <laughs> Thank you. Alex is asking me about God. Funny you should ask. So, right, God, forget my concepts, you know, Lucy with the football. Every time I got close <laughs> to something I wanted and it didn't happen, it's like, slap me on the wrist. Ah. You hoped again, ha ha ha. Um, and I had a lot of, you know, how does God and Hitler exist? How does all this, you know, how, why does he get all the blame, uh, all the glory, and none of the blame? And just a lot of thoughts, a lot, a lot of thoughts. And um, what broke open for me was taking a big book workshop and. Oh, I have it earmarked right here. So getting to, in we agnostics, of course, um, it talks about someone who, you know, is having these, these thoughts. Is it, is it this? Is it that? But it can't be this. It can't be that. A lot of the same kind of mental gymnastics I was doing. And um, it says, you know, whether we agree with a particular approach or conception seems to make little difference. Experience has taught us that these are matters about which, please, which correctly there, about which for our purpose we need not be worried. And that sentence galvanized me. And it was those three little words, for our purpose. And that's when I realized my purpose is to recover. And all this other Michigas in my head about God is not going to help me recover. And so that's my purpose. And that was several years ago. And then it was within the past six months or so that I got to God's plan is for me to recover. And it's, it's, it's that simple and also that, that big. For me, and that 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 was one of those lightning bolts, you know. That was never happened to me, you know. But thank you. We have time for half a. Yeah. Thank you, Julie. Um, can you talk a little bit more about? I know you said it just happened that first time uh -huh. about visualization. Talked about mm. a lot in step seven, mm. like visualizing ourselves without our core defects. Mm. Do you mm. use visualization? Mm. 
how did the change come about? Um, question is, is, how do I use visualization? Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm both a very visual person and analytical person, the Gemini thing. Um, and so, what, it's, it is really helpful for me to, to take a look and go, well, what would this be like? Or what would that be like? And, um, so I don't think that's a new behavior, but it's if I visualize the future, I'm in trouble. That's when I get into fantasy. Visualizing what it was like in the past helps me from going there. And um, lately I've been keen into fear. But a, a, a fear that, that keeps me uh, where I want to be. Um, I hadn't, uh, I'll, I'll finish this thought, thanks. Um, I've keen into the fear of, of um, going back to how I was. And again, I, can, I feel it physically. And when I've talked about it, I've, I've taken my, just, Spontaneously taking my hands and kind of, kind of gone in with them. So wow, it was a really narrow life, you know. So I think that kind of comes naturally, and it's a, it's it's a really good tool for me. That's my time. Thank you.